Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host today. We are here with Kit O'Connell, who is a, a genderqueer movement journalist with Texas Observer. Um, earlier today, I got a text message from a dear friend who also subscribes to the Texas Observer, and he said, Egberto, you really need to speak to this guy, Kit. He, um, uh, he just wrote a story. He wrote a story titled uh, AG this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Commissioner, Agricultural Commissioner Sid Miller doubles down on transphobic dress code. And I'm going to ask Kit, first of all, welcome to Politics Done Right, Kit. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Actually, yesterday was my birthday, so I'm having a pretty relaxed day. Well, happy birthday, uh, I guess a bit late, but uh, happy birthday. Thanks. Thanks so much. But anyway, Kit, it ter- tell us a little bit about how you came about this story that you wrote. Again, title. AG Commissioner Sid Miller doubles down on transphobic dress code at the Texas Observer. Yeah, and that was so that was actually the second part of my story. The first part came out uh, this past Monday on April 24th. Um, so on the 21st, uh, I was sent a copy of this dress code by somebody uh, uh, at the Agricultural Department uh, who had received it just a few days before, was wondering what to do about it, really was concerned about its effect on their coworkers. And so they sent it to me at the Texas Observer. Uh, and so oh, I got it. Um, so the dress code, uh, you know, uh, it's like a two-page memo. And if you take the single sentence out that is the really core of the story, if you took that sentence out, it's a very conservative dress code, but not an unusual one. And obviously, we could talk about there's all kinds of issues with dress codes. Are they sexist? Are they racist? Right? We could talk about that. But... This dress code has a really extraordinary sentence in it, which is employees are expected to comply with this dress code in a manner consistent with their biological gender. And so that is in the first paragraph of the dress code. And, you know, uh, I spoke to an employee of the Texas Department of Agriculture, and they told me that they almost missed it at first because, you know, there's, it's, a, it's a whole memo. It's just kind of hidden in the beginning. But once you notice it, it really stands out and it really is very important because that sentence seems designed to force genderqueer, trans, any kind of gender nonconforming people at the Texas Department of Agriculture basically into the closet. Uh, It says that you have to dress according to your biological gender. Now, if I can take a moment here to talk about sex and gender just for a second. That's one of the reasons I wanted you on to enlighten folks. So sex and gender are two different things, right? Um, Sex is uh, the arrangement of your uh, genetics and your genitalia and uh, your reproductive organs in general. Uh, And at birth, a doctor honestly looks at you and says, no, this looks like a boy or this looks like a girl. That's basically how it happens, you know, to this day. So you're assigned at birth uh, a sex and gender. Now, sex is, again, these three genetics, you know, genitalia, reproductive organs. 
but scientists are actually recognizing that when we look at the genetics of people, actually two in every hundred people don't strictly match male or female. Just, you know, some of them may even go their whole lives or into their 40s before they get a genetic test or some kind of, you know, medical situation makes the doctor look a little closer at the arrangement of things or, you know, inside. And they realize, oh, this person actually, you know, uh, uh, doesn't exactly fit into society's traditional boxes of male or female. So just to start, sex is a little bit more flexible than most of us were kind of raised to believe, right? But then gender is kind of a whole social construct that's put on top of sex. Uh, you know, for people who are cisgender, meaning that the sex they're assigned at birth matches their gender expression, there's not much difference. A lot of people go through lives without really recognizing the difference between sex and gender because there's two match up. Um, but gender actually is a social construct built around all the roles and stereotypes and just assumptions that people have around people based on how they kind of come across as what's traditionally masculine or traditionally feminine in our society. And it varies from society to society, what we assign to that. It's varied all through history. If we look through history, there have been dramatically different ideas of what men and women are supposed to do um, and how they're supposed to dress, right? Men's fashion, you know, men used to wear high heels. That was originally a male, you know, fashion. You know, there's mm -hmm. all, it's changed through history. There's no single thing that gender has meant through history almost. So, and then of course we have people who are transgender, who are genderqueer or non-binary like myself, uh, and people who are just in some way not conforming to male or female gender. And all of those people this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Differ a bit from their gender or what people assume Biological based on how they were assigned at yeah. birth. Right, yeah. Now, all these things I've been talking about, if you think about, I just that phrase, biological gender, if you actually, like sex is really the biological part and gender, like I've been saying, is the social part. So biological gender is kind of this made up phrase that doesn't really mean anything or maybe it means whatever Sid Miller, the agriculture commissioner, wants it to mean. And so, and his name was in seal or on this memo. So as far as we know, it comes right from his office, this new dress code. Prior to this, employees had a, a fairly standard, again, conservative dress code, but didn't have any mention of biological gender. And, you know, of course, people who were uh, gender nonconforming or nonbinary or trans, you know, had to negotiate whatever stereotypes or issues in our society. But hopefully, you know, I know that there are LGBTQ plus employees at the Department of Agriculture who've been living their lives and doing their jobs, right? And now all of them are wondering, what does this mean for me? You know, how do I express myself? You know, I'm sitting here 
talking to you, I, I'm wearing a dress, you know, today. Uh, uh, and, you know, based on the sex I was assigned at birth, the gender I was assigned at birth, assigned a male at birth, you know, I don't match that. Does that mean that I would get in trouble if I wore, you know, a tasteful, you know, knee length dress to this office? You know, if my, if, this, because it does say that, you know, women in, in, in this dress code can wear pants, but if they wear, you know, dresses, they can't be too short. The skirt can't be too short. You know, so like if I have this dress on, would I be getting in trouble? Would I get fired? You know, yeah, my you office that I, that I go into, the Texas Observer, you know, people there are accepting of me as who I am, as someone who's not cisgender. And so if I show up in a skirt one day, no one looks twice or they say, hey, that's a great skirt kit. But no one's going to get me in trouble. It's not something I have to think about, fortunately. And a lot of workers these days, happily, are in offices that are accepting. And I think up till now, even many of the offices at the Department of Agriculture, probably depending on where they are, we're accepting of them. And this dress code throws that into disarray. Uh, it's, a, it's you know, um, I was the first person to write about this on, on uh, like I said, on, on Monday. But since then, the media has been, um, you know, responding to it and repeating the story. And a few of them, we weren't able to get a comment from Sid Miller or the Agriculture Office, but a few of them have. You still up. haven't been able to get to him, right? No, I've tried multiple times. I've called their their, their press contact. I've, I've been trying polite emails. I just would like to ask some questions of them, but they won't respond to me. Uh, but they have, you know, I think, you know, he's had some press appearances uh, and, and he also came on our local Spectrum, you know, cable news uh, uh, recently. Right. And he's been sort of defending it and saying basically that this is just about professionalism. And again, if you took that sentence about biological gender out, you could look at this dress code and say, okay, you know, people were working from home during the beginning of the pandemic. Now they're back at the office and, you know, the, the, the people are saying, hey, it's time to dress, you know, back in your suits and professional wear, not in your casual wear. And right. whatever, that's their right to say that as managers, right? We can talk about that, but that's not unusual. A lot of people are getting probably some kind of form of that dress code, like, hey, you can't wear pajamas to the office. <laughs> but so that's what Sid Miller's trying to say, but then he's kind of equating it. He's saying, well, you know, the way he's phrased it when he's talked to the press is that if a man in a dress, so already we have problems. This is not. Well, he, he, not uh, kid, he's, he's using the terminology that, that, that's being used right now to inflict, uh, to kind of, to attempt at embarrassing uh, the LGBTQ community. It's like what they did to the, um, to Zephyr in, uh, in Montana or what they've they've done to others. Uh, sim I mean, there's this there's this drive to attack trans. There's this drive to attack LGBTQ folks. Uh, even in in our own state legislature, where it you know they're going crazy with this thing, as if they want a particular talking point to rile up people. What many don't understand is while people are people felt freer to come out as who they are. These are things I had to learn myself. Uh, people feel freer to come out as who they are. This is nothing new. I mean, from mm -hmm. what I understand, even back in the days of Judaism, uh, in those days, they defined it as the seven genders or something like that several millennia ago. Am I correct? Well, you know, all different societies have had different ways of handling it. There's not a universal way, but certainly, yes, people who don't fit within the strict role of male and female have existed all throughout history. Uh, you know, um, 
one thing people have compared it to often is uh, left-handedness, where for a long time people were punished for showing their left-handedness. Right. And then as soon as they stopped punishing them, suddenly there were more left-handed people. Now, there wasn't like a mutation in the human person that made us have more left-handed right. people. It's just people stopped having to hide that side of themselves. And so what we've seen is that, you know, in a similar way, especially among like younger generations happily, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a real acceptance among, you know, like the, the Generation Z, for example, they are extremely accepting of each other on the whole, you know, gender divergence of gender non-conforming classmates and friends, family members. Um, and so more of them have felt free to come out. And there's also has been not perfect, as we know, but a general opening of the doors of sort of acceptance in some parts of society. Uh, the Republicans are trying to close those doors again, but there have been, up until relatively recently, teachers have felt okay about saying, it's okay to come out in my classroom. This is a safe space. And some of them even for a while felt safe talking about their own same-sex relationships in some educational settings. You know, just like uh, a straight, you know, teacher might talk about their spouse, you know, same-sex right. people talk about it. And that just increases acceptance. It makes people feel okay. Um, you know, things have, unfortunately, the Republicans are really trying to push about this. There's a real, uh, uh, you know, you use the word embarrassed, and I, and I just want to gently correct that, that really it's it's about trying to make it so trans and gender nonconforming people can't really participate in society, that they don't feel safe being out and, and, and you know, being out in public, whether that's limiting access to bathrooms, uh, restricting how we dress through so-called drag bans, uh -huh. um, you know, whether that's restricting what teachers are allowed to talk about, whether they're allowed to offer some things. I heard about something really extraordinary that happened in Houston just over the last couple of days that I think shows how strange things have gotten. Um, some students, this came out in a local paper in Houston. I'm sorry, I don't remember the one right now, which one it was. Houston Chronicle. But, yes, thank you, Houston Chronicle. But they were going to go to a play of James and the Giant Peach. Uh, and in that play, there are many characters that are literally insects, like talking insects that are, you know, friends of James inside of the Giant Peach. And because some of those insects, their gender in the book differed from the gender of the actor inside the costume, there was pressure on some of these schools who had to cancel some of their school trips to go see James and the Giant Peach, which, you know, is not some new, uh, uh, you know, radical left, you know, uh, piece of literature. It's something that's been around for a while and has, I think, fairly basic values that I thought we all used to accept, like friendship and working together and overcoming adversity, things like that. But here we are, you know, now we have to worry about what's the gender of the insects that our children might see on a stage. It's very, very far from, from uh, uh, what I thought, you know, things were gonna be like. <laughs> well, you know what? And one of the reasons I wanted to highlight this, uh, this story that you wrote is because I think as, as uh, these, a lot of folks, these guys work behind closed doors. And if this person hadn't passed that letter on to you, it would have never been known. Now, uh, the idea is to make sure all of Texas understand that we have an AG that is nothing that seems to be nothing more than a homophobe. And in having an, an AG that is a homophobe, maybe you can't write that, but I can say that because that is exactly what I see displayed in what I saw in the writing and that you can. Well, you're get saying, you're saying uh, I should say the agricultural commissioner you're talking about, although, you know, I do have. Oh, did I, call, I said AG. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, agricultural. Okay, it's OK. I just. 
Yeah, Agriculture Commissioner, which we do sometimes certain with ag, but yeah, I don't want to confuse people with the Attorney General, who right, you know, we'd right. have to have a separate conversation about. Uh, 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 yeah, so that's yeah, a no, long attorney- conversation with the AG. <laughs> yes, I know, absolutely. But yes, yes. yeah, so this, yeah, but I mean, if, and you know, people, if they want, unfortunately, if they want more evidence, they can just to go look at Sid Miller's Twitter, where he's been tweeting up a storm over the last week or so of all kinds of homophobic stuff. Uh, so he's really not hiding it, but he might have hit it a little more if we hadn't talked about this. And, you know, the reason that I'm linking it to all this stuff, like these other issues, including what's happening at our legislature right now, if we can talk about, is it is all connected. It's all, like you said, it's part of this overall campaign to make life difficult for LGBTQ plus people, regardless of, of where they're at. You know, again, it's, is it sports? Is it schools? Is it bathrooms? Is it our workplaces now? It's all, you know, they're trying to make it hard no matter where they are. Um, but I do want off to mention why. Uh, off the top of your head, Kit, uh, what what uh, particular bills in the legislature uh, concerns you with respect to the LGBTQ uh, uh, community that we can go ahead and uh, make sure and start to highlight? Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so, so many. There, are, you know, uh, uh, you know, the Washington Post actually did a great map recently and showed that there have been just this record number of bills across the country. And there've been something like 40 proposed in Texas, just this legislative session. So that's since January, when things kind of got started slowly, you know, they ramp up slowly, but there've been 40 over this legislative session targeting LGBTQ people in some way, Uh, trans rights, talking about LGBTQ in school. Uh, The most immediate one uh, that's coming up, and I believe it's SB 14, is gonna be heard on Tuesday at the Texas legislature. And that is a bill that is, if it passes, and it unfortunately is expected to pass on Tuesday, most likely, gonna go to the governor's death, where he considers this a priority. If this bill passes, it'll essentially make healthcare for trans young people illegal. And the Republicans use a lot of shocking language to talk about it. Um, they'll talk about young people being, this is their talking points. They talk about young people being sterilized or their bodies being mutilated, but that's not what we're talking about for people. When you talk about under people under 18, what trans healthcare involves is, you know, therapy, you know, to help them socially transition. That means, you know, learn to use their pronouns and express themselves. And in some cases it's things like puberty blockers, which is like a reversible drug that basically slows down puberty as the person's aging. Um, and that can really help people because, for example, someone who's assigned female at birth but who feels non-binary or feels masculine, for them to develop breasts, for example, could be really traumatic for them. That could be a really strong divergence from who they feel they are inside. And these puberty blockers, if somebody starts them early enough, you know, they can help a person feel like themselves as they get as they get older, they work with therapists and stuff, you know, as they develop and as they're older, there's more options that open up to them. But it's not something that's rushed into. I think that's the most important thing. This is kind of healthcare that happens between young people by their feelings, very strong feelings that some of them feel since birth. I, I, I since birth essentially felt non-binary. Um, and if their parents and expert doctors, it's, this takes years to go through this process. This isn't something that like you wake up and tomorrow they give you surgery or even they give you the puberty blockers. You work with a lot of experts. It's hard to access. It's slow, but they want to shut the door to this completely. You know, and I I know people, people I've known here for years 
who are they own land here in this area. They consider themselves Texans. They're 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 part of the state, and they're going to have to leave in the next few months. They're having to pull up stakes before the end of the year because they have an yeah, under eighteen trans person. Yeah, and they're, they're going to yeah. lose. I, I actually to know a family here. I know a family here in Kingwood that it's going through the same thing. They're going to have to pull up and leave because it's going to become illegal for their kid who is transitioning to fully make that transition. Look, kid, I got to go out. We're, we're fixed on time here. Give me about a one minute closer and uh, and let's get out of here. Uh, my one minute closer is one that I've been saying anytime I appear on something is just uh, this is a really extraordinary time in the United States, you know, for trans people, for LGBTQ people, but for all of us, for democracy, we need to find ways to stand up for each other. All these issues are connected, you know, whether it's LGBTQ plus issues, racial justice, you know, bodily autonomy, it's all connected. We all need to stand up for each other, you know, find a way to support each other, whether that's donating money, whether that's going to protest, that's offering a place for queer trans people to stay if they need it, you know, whether that's supporting your local media, the local journalism like the Texas Observer, just find some way to help, to help out, you know, support the journalists and the news that matters to you and, and uh, just get active. There's a million ways to get involved, but everybody needs to do something uh, right now. So this is a moment where we just can't sit on our butts and do nothing. Kit O'Connell, journalist at the Texas Observer. Thank you so kindly for having been here on Politics Done Right. Anytime. It was a pleasure. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.